Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When I got to the party, they gave me a 40, and I must have been thirsty because I drank it so quickly. When I got to the bedroom, there was somebody waiting, and it is in my phone. Idiothead.com morning show. Little Amanda Palmer there at the beginning. I have her on a mix on my phone called Badass Women. She's in there with a great crowd. Annie Lennox and uh, Tori Amos, Bjork, and other people. We're going to talk about a badass women or badass woman a little later in the show. You can probably already guess what I'm going to talk about based on everything that's been going on for the last couple weeks. But I'll go there. Why not? It'll give me something to talk about. Hey everybody, guess what, I've got a special guest here, it's Alan Moore. Hey Alan Moore, uh, writer of Watchmen and uh, V for Vendetta, how you doing? Hello Adam, I write comic books. Okay, thank you, bye bye. Little little, uh, improv for you. (laughs) I don't know, how's everybody doing? You know, I'm just having fun. Got some stuff to talk about today, uh... A lot of plugging, a lot of talking about my MSU Comics Forum thing, and uh, other stuff. So, let's get into it. First of all, did you guys know that I have a YouTube channel? I do. I think I talked about it here a couple times, but I've been kind of passive about advertising it. Um, If you go to idiothead.com, the proper desktop version, not the... uh, well, I guess it would be on the mobile because I did put a link in the blog thing. Right now, idiothead.com just links to a blogger spot that I haven't used in about four or five years. I think I've updated it once or twice to have links there. Anyway, there I have links to my YouTube channel. Or you can search idiothead on YouTube and I might pop up. Or just search Adam Talley, idiothead, maybe. Anyway, uh, I got a YouTube channel. I started to do vlogs few years ago but um yeah that didn't really work out i just never kept up with it and then uh it kind of sat dormant and then my my young son started getting obsessed with youtubers so he wanted to always record himself playing video games uh, or you know whatever and then we got he got the bug when we had a couple of videos go quote unquote viral uh you know, like, I think it was just us filling up Slurpees for some reason. He wanted to do that. And we got, like, I don't know, 3,000 views on one of them. And he's like, oh, my God, we got to go. And you get, like, really excited. I'm like, dude, calm down. It's it, Don't care about people watching your stuff. Just just do it because it's fun, you know. But he's now old enough to where his, uh, he can have his own YouTube channel. So he's been doing video game stuff there and streaming stuff there. And he's I'm kind of proud of him because he's uh, he's working hard to think about what content he wants to put up and he's like well you know i filmed this but i don't think it's really up to snuff i'm gonna try to do this and i think this will be more entertaining for people and i'm like there you go you're trying to figure out what other people want there you go good job and i'm, I'm trying to encourage his creativity i think a lot of kids growing up nowadays want to be a youtuber so you know why why crush the dream let him let him chase the dream for a little while you know 
But anyway, my own YouTube channel, like I said, has is, is been mostly video game stuff with him and then random things here and there. Like, I got some art stuff on there. Like, I, I went through my, uh, when I packed up my original art in the proper uh, sealed things, uh, protectors, I kind of showed them off. And then every now and then I'll do a video about my collection. Like, I got the Harlan Ellison collection up there and some of the trading card stuff. Uh, but I'm, I plan to do more stuff on YouTube, like live streams of drawing. I, I've, I've had an idea to do a, a show, like a, uh, maybe a weekly show or, or every bi-weekly show or monthly show about me and the comics. So it'll start out with like an ad for my stuff. And then I'll show off some newer buys that I've bought and then maybe do a drawing lesson. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. It'll be, I don't know, like Prisoners of Gravity, like that old show used to be. Maybe right now and then I'll take some footage at a convention and interview some people or something. That'd be fun. I don't know. Just a little idiot head show, you know. Anyway, no no plan, no no active plans for that. It's just something I've always wanted to do. I want to do more of that. But you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and watch the journey as I go. But I do plan on doing more stuff on the YouTube. Probably showing off some of my older comics, my own personal printed comics on there. So check that out. Also, coming up, probably, I'm, I'm shooting for the end of this month, I'm going to launch the Kickstarter for Pleasant Life Issues 2 and 3. Uh, I think what it's going to be is pretty basic, no bonus covers. I, you know, I really don't understand the appeal of those different covers, variant covers. I'll get on a Kickstarter and I'll see, okay, you can get number A, it's the, cover, it's the comic with this cover, and this type of foil for this. Okay, there's, then there's number B, and then there's C, and then D, and then E, and then F. I, I, I don't... I'm already confused. I'm freaking confused. Let me, let me have just a simple... You know, this is the book. That's how it goes. Boom. I did a special cover for The Last Pleasant Life, to be fair. Just because it's the first issue, right? I get that. First issue. And I did a, a Kickstarter-exclusive black-and-white cover, right? And it was signed and numbered. Uh, and I, I, it didn't really move. So that's okay. That's okay. I got a few of them sold. About half of them. Of the minimum. minimum so about 20. So, I don't know. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> the Kickstarter will be basically issues 2 and 3. And then if you missed out on issue 1... There'll be options to get that, and there'll be options to get the, the add-on graphic novel of the original book and all that. Uh, some interesting tchotchkes for stretch goals, you know, stickers, mini prints, that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this one goes. If this one doesn't do so well, I, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out another way to keep this going, but um, yeah. Throw enough crap at the wall and you see what sticks. I was looking at this place called Indie Planet which I think works directly with Kablam printing, where you can put your books up there, and they basically, you can order it, and they'll print on demand any book, or you can buy it digitally for, like, a dollar. And I thought, maybe I should put my comic up there, too. You know? It, it seems like I've got my comics up in several places, like Gumroad, drive Through Comics, and, and all of them do decently. They all trickle in, which is nice. Uh, why not Indie Planet, even though that's going to make it technically another print, and it's a print on demand, and I might as well just accept that. Uh, 
I don't know. We'll we'll see. But I, I was looking through Indie Planet there and some of the the categories. And under humor or slice of life or something, there is one dude who, God, he had like 60 issues of his thing. And the art wasn't massively great. You know, I don't mean to disparage, but, you know, not, uh, he had his own style. Let's just say that. Or she. I'm not sure. But they had 60 issues of this comic, and I thought, dude, Props. They, they got their thing, they do it, and they just go. And they don't care about, hey, I'm not as good as this person or that person. They just go. And I really admired their uh, tenacity, their gumption, their their drive to do this thing. So, I don't know. I could be one of those people. Just keep going. And I've always talked about how even a pleasant life doesn't do well. I still want to do it. I'd love to have it be an ongoing. We'll see. I'm kind of leaving it up to the fate. Originally conceived, this new Pleasant Life was a graphic novel. It does have a technical ending. I would say probably around 10 or 12 issues would probably be the ending. Uh, but I can certainly stretch it out. And then also, after this ending, quote-unquote, I had ideas for if it goes on. So, I don't know. I think I would like to do all the single issues and then just kind of see where I'm at by then. Because, I mean, by then it'll be a couple years from now. So... Uh, but right now I'm really enjoying making Pleasant Life because uh, I've, I've really got into a, I think I talked about it last time, I got into a spot in the story where some shit happens and things get emotional. And uh, I'm really enjoying that, writing that kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of it directly um, is influenced by things in my life. So it's easy for me to be connected to it, but I'm curious how an audience will react to it. So we'll see. The other thing I thought about Pleasant Life is that it, from its get-go, when I talk, I, I've talked, uh, I got a, a series of podcasts that I've already recorded, about six episodes, about the history of my comics. And when I get to the Pleasant Life it part of it, which I think is you know, episode four or five, <clears throat> uh, I talk about the, the bad name, because it started out as Pleasant Hymns and then became Pleasant Life because people thought it was a religious book. It's not the best title, you know, and I'm not good at marketing, obviously. I'm not good at selling myself. It should be a store, a, a, a title that tells you exactly what it is immediately, like Snakes on a Plane, you know. It should be Geeks Gone Wild or, or Nerd Relationships or something like that. So I thought, well, shit, should I, do I retool it? Because people don't know what it is. Uh, I'm like, no, I, it's stuck, it's had pleasant life all my life, and, and it's not like I've got mass amounts of fans that are going to be all confused or something, but uh, I was like, you know, I, I'm sticking with that title because that's what I've always had, and that's what I'm going to refer it to, refer to it as, but I think at the top, I'm going to start putting a tagline, sort of like uh, when Fantastic Four, it was like the world's best comic magazine or whatever it is, I'm going to put up there, the book about geeks and relationships. So that way people read that, top line, see that, and go, oh, okay, Pleasant Life, that's what it's about. That way I don't have to, I don't have to pitch it, because sometimes people don't want to hear the pitch. And I'm not, I'm, I'm very conscious when I'm at a show to not be pitching all the time. If they linger too long, I'll, I'll say, like, hey, have you ever heard of my work? Here, let me tell you, what, tell me tell you about it. And I really condense it down, because when you're at a convention, 
the worst thing is when someone just goes on and on and on about their thing. Obviously, they're passionate about it. Obviously, they're interested in it. But people can tell within five seconds whether they're interested in something or not. Uh, the more you go on, the, m- the less I feel that you're going to turn someone on to it, unless they're initially already turned on to it, right? Once they're like, you know, I could probably pick this up, but then you start selling them on the thing of like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll give you free sketch, and you get this and that and this and that. Oh, well, I'm definitely going to do it, you know. Then they walk away going, wow, this guy's really awesome. But anyway, I, I, I like to condense the pitch. It should be one line. Like, this is a book about this. If that's your style, go for it. I also tell people... You know, it's, it's like Ghost World, High Fidelity, if anybody knows those movies, which most people don't nowadays. It's, you know, there's a phrase, slice of life, which I guess works for it, but a lot of people don't ha- like that. I say it's a comedy drama. It's a dramedy, you know. Uh, and it's about geek culture and, and relationships and, and those sorts of things. I used to say it was about college students, but in this new series, it's not about college. It's about these friends that met in college. The original book is about college life a little bit and geeks and relationships. So, I don't know. I'm just I'm working on trying to market myself a little better, especially with the new Kickstarter coming up. It's just stuff that's on my brain. Uh, so, this past weekend, I was at the my first appearance for the year and the MSU Comics Forum, Michigan State University Comics Forum. It's been going for a few years now. Uh, I think during the pandemic we didn't have one. But uh, it's been about six years since I've been there. I think because about six, seven years ago, uh, they told me uh, we're not going to bring everybody back every year. We're going to do it up. Like, if you just did it, we're not going to bring you back. I'm like, oh, okay. But then I saw that year they brought back several people that had been there before, including people from the last year. And I thought, maybe I'm being phased out because whatever reason. Maybe it's because I'm doing more smut now. I don't know. So I just kind of said, well, I'm I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother. But this year, I got offered, and I submitted, and they accepted me, and I'm like, cool, awesome, sounds good. And th- before, it used to be in a, in a different building on k- the MSU campus. Now it's at the MSU library, which I'd never been in. Uh, top, top uh, third floor, you know. But it makes sense. You read books, you go in there, and like you see all these signs, like, hey, there's some sort of comics thing going on. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Michigan State University supposedly holds the the world's biggest comic book collection. Thousands and thousands of comics, which actually now I've, I found out uh, the old guy that ran it retired, and my friend Jason now runs it. I was surprised, because I ran into him at the show and we talked about it, and that's wonderful. I, I, like I told him, and I mean it, I can't think of anybody else better suited for that gig. This is a dude who, I think he was working for the state, just doing technical work or accounting work, something like that. Something very mundane and boring, and he wanted a life change. He wanted a, a switch. So he decided to go back to college and uh, got into library studies, and then eventually now landed this gig. And he's It's a dream gig, and I'm, I'm really happy for him. This is a dude who, many years ago at, at, a, at an MSU Comics Forum, found me because he found my blog and he was going through some similar stuff that I was going through at the time. And we just connected on that. And he bought my books. And it was great to see him again and know that he's, he's got his dreams coming true. It's, it's wonderful. It's a good thing. But anyway, uh, set up an MSU Comics Forum. Uh, you know, I saw some old friends. It's great to see them again. And especially a dude who was exhibiting at my first show back in 2002 
Matt Feasel, who does Cynical Man, The Adventures of Cynical Man. That dude is an indie giant. He's done many comics since the 80s. And I was happy to see him. I, I, I don't get to go to Motor City Comic Con that often. Uh, and I know he hits that one. He doesn't really... I don't think he's come up to Cap City Comic Con or else I'd have bought some stuff from him. But anyway, I picked up some more of his books. And he had a couple of new things. And then he also was selling original art of his comic strips. And I had to grab a couple of those because lately I've been into the original art. And a lot of it's out of my price range, you know. I'm never going to own an original Jack Kirby. Not that I really want one, but I'm just saying that some of that stuff's kind of out of my out of my league. But I want to collect art from people I really love. And so I've, I've been digging out the original art that I do own. I, you know, I have some friends like Grant and Tim who drew my character and Apocalypse. And I'm like, you know, I've got that in a, in a folder here. Uh, I, I need to hang it up, you know. So I've been getting frames for these things and hanging up my original art and, and making a big wall of my original art um, in, the, in, in my hallway. Because i got some of my paintings hanging there. i got some other paintings and things that uh, friends of mine have done and my kids. So now I'm going to start hanging my original art. And now I get to add some Cynical Man, which is great. I picked up a few other books from other people. There was a guy that, came, that flew there from Nashville, right? And I thought, wow, this guy came up from Nashville. I hope he knows he's not going to make a lot of money at this. <laughs> this ain't a money-making show. This is about finding indie comics readers, which are very few and far between. Then I found another guy flew in from Seattle. But he was a professor. Maybe he was there for other reasons and decided to add this on to the, to the itinerary. I don't know. But, yeah... I was like, wow, that is some dedication. And it made me remember my early days of going to conventions and losing my ass, <laughs> you know. And I hope they didn't go away with any sort of upset feelings of, well, man, I thought this was going to be bigger than it, than it was. It, you know, it's a very small indie show. Sort of like uh, another guy that was there, Bob Corby, who runs the Space Con, which is in uh, Columbus. I finally got to meet with him. I, I don't think I, we've ever met. But I bought some of his books, and we talked about how we used to do comics back in the day. He's another dude that started in the 80s. And, um, you know, he was talking about, you know, uh, film, how to strip a negative and take the photo. I'm like, dude, I did the same thing. I ran Offset Press, you know. And we, we just got to swap stories about that, and I gave him one of my books. I'm like, hey, you know, I just you're, you're one of my heroes. Here you go. You know, and I talked about maybe I was thinking about going to space, but maybe... I'm thinking about going to space. <laughs> the the small press something comic something. Um, it, it's an indie show. I think it's in April in in Columbus. I think you can just find like Google Space Con. There's there's umlauts or or, or uh, periods between each letter, so it's an acronym. Google that and you should be able to pop up. But it's it's all indie artists and indie writers and comics. From, you know, Xerox stapled up to, you know, print-on-demand kind of stuff that I do. And all sorts of styles. And there's a real sort of zine culture there, which I love. I love that stuff. Half the stuff I did pick up, zine-style uh, comics that I got this past weekend. And then, there, you know, there's people also selling their graphic novels. I, it, to me, it should be a show I definitely have should have been doing this whole time, but I just haven't. Uh, this year, I'm trying to make a little better business decisions, so and money's a little tight, so I'm a little dedicated to uh, paying off some debt first 
especially new debt that I accrued thanks to the accident and whatnot from last year. So uh, I had to make a, sac a few sacrifices, and, and space was it. But maybe next year I'll think about going. And now that I've, I've met Bob and we chatted for a while, I, that'd be that'd be ideal. Be something good to do. But uh, yeah, I, I met some new people, sold some books, I did some trades with some people. I met a local person who has an indie comic store which is mostly smut related i'm like dude i got some books for you and so i i gave her some of my books and i said you know check these out read them take them in your store sell them if they move here's my contact information i can come in and bring you some more sell them to you at cost or i can come in and do a signing whatever you like um and it's it's sex positive smut and she was all her books were sex positive erotica mostly uh, uh gay and lesbian stuff uh and she gave me one of her books in exchange but it was it was great to meet her and, and make that connection you just you throw a lot of stuff at the wall and you make connections and you make meet friends and make new ones and it's good it's good stuff uh, um i'm trying to think of something else happened there but i was there for about six hours and i did a lot of sketching in my my little my new little sketchbook came up with some ideas it's it's good i was real in the game which was nice and uh, different than a regular uh pop culture-ish type of con i don't have to worry about selling my sketch cards of you know anime characters or whatever i can just focus on just my books and that's good that's real good i don't know if i'll be back there next year we'll see see if they'll let me in but they, they also ran a great show, the people that ran it. Um, you know, they had snacks and, and drinks for everybody. Uh, they took care of the artists, and that was nice. That was really good. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about them. So, uh, let's end off with me talking about the subject that I teased at the beginning. Uh, a musician known as Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl's coming up. She's dating a dude on the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, right? So she's been going to a lot of the games and whatnot to support this dude who she's dating. Uh, and now that they're in the Super Bowl, a lot of people are angry that she's going to be there, and they're making a big deal about it. And there's, I don't know how many people subscribe to this, but there's these weird conspiracy theories that since she tends to lean liberal and urges people to vote Democrat, and it seems like a lot of people are, uh, you know, f loving her and into her, and she's, you know, influencing the newest generation of, of kids, that maybe she's uh, indoctrinating them into being uh, a Democrat, and therefore the, <laughs> the Chiefs were designed to go to the Super Bowl so that she could be in the Super Bowl so everybody could see her and... And, you know, it was like a big conspiracy theory thing. I don't know. <laughs> I I'd highly doubt that is the case. Um, but, you know, there's, there's those schools of thought out there. I mean, there's people that still think the fucking world is flat. If it's flat, how did Pearl Harbor happen? You're trying to tell me that Japan flew across the entire world to, to come bomb Pearl Harbor and then flew back across the United States, across the Atlantic Ocean, across Africa and, and Europe and Asia? Okay. Uh, it's this whole thing boggles my mind. I guess I'm not surprised because it comes down to elitism and snark 
and anger. And I, I understand that because I used to be that way. I used to be that way. I used to, I even in one of my early comics did a, a page about how Paris Hilton is an air thief. You know, and I used to be really, uh, I don't like American Idol. Oh, I don't like this. And I hate everybody that likes it. And if you don't like The Godfather, you're a cinematic idiot. And that, that kind of stuff. I really was like that. But as I matured <laughs> and I grew older, I changed that. And I said, you know, what do I care what people like? I like what I like. I'll share what I like. And I used to do that up until recently because it seemed like, you know, I was like, yeah, I love this album. Or, hey, I found this and it's really cool. People would come in there and just shit on it. You know, people would come in there and just shit on it. And so I'm like, you know, maybe I don't need to share that. Maybe I can just keep that for me. And if I do share it, I'll put it on my blog or my podcast where not a lot of people interact with me. You know, people are listening, people are reading. But, uh, you know, I don't get the public coming after me. So... I just, I've kind of moved all those thoughts inward. Not because I don't, well, I guess because I don't want the shit, number one. But I just don't think the world's in a place where they can handle such things. And this whole Taylor Swift thing at the Super Bowl boggles my mind. Because there's no conspiracy. It's just a chick dating a dude who's in a game. She's there to support him. Why is it a big deal? Oh, the camera's going to shoot to her all the time. Well, nobody had a problem when everybody was shooting to Gazelle... When Tom Brady was playing. No one has a problem when they, sh- they show Spike Lee about ten times when he's at a Nick game. Or when Jack Nicholson was at the Lakers. Why is, that, why is this a big deal now? Well, her music sucks. Well, that's subjective, right? If it's not your style, it's not your style. And I'll be honest with you, it's not my style. I haven't heard a lot of her music. Maybe I've heard it in passing, like if I walk in a store that tends to play popular music over the speakers. Maybe I've heard a song here or there. Uh, my my girl turned me on to one song called Calm Down, which was about people being angry about gay and lesbian people. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I like this song. Did I buy it? Did I go to her concert? No. I, you know, I just thought, like, that's an interesting song. I like, I like her message. And apparently she also co-writes her own music. Uh, she's into her own integrity. She, there was, um... I guess there was some sort of problem with her previous management, and so she re-recorded her music to get it un- out from under that whole thing. Uh, you know, she's been a victim for all that kind of stuff. It's it's weird. It's really weird. I don't, I don't understand. And like I said, I'm not I'm not defending her because I like her. I just I just don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't. It, what does it matter? It does not matter. There's bigger problems in the world than to worry about if a person's at a game. So they're going to shoot to a reaction. Why wouldn't they? I was hearing, and I'm not sure if this is true, but I, I think it is, that it, supposedly the Chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens game, the previous game for the Super Bowl, was the highest viewed football game of all time. Uh, I don't know the numbers, but it's someone, I read that, in two different places, so that's got to be true, right? The highest rated, or not the highest rated, the highest viewed. And part of that's because of the game itself. And part of that's probably Swifties watching to see their girl, right? Hey, that's cool. Whatever your, whatever your, whatever your door in is, is cool by me. And that means maybe probably the Super Bowl is going to be huge as far as viewership, right? 
why wouldn't you? As a business, if the NFL is a business, why wouldn't you cut to her reaction when her dude does a good play? You know? I would. That's that's going to get eyes. You know what I mean? That's going to get eyes. So why wouldn't you do that? It makes business sense. And for those that are upset about it, she's on screen for, what, five seconds? You should be more upset about the repeated commercials. The ones that they charge, you know, $3 million for 10 seconds of airtime for the Super Bowl. That's insane. I was reading the Super Bowl tickets are like forty grand now. And like a cheap seat is four to $8,000, something like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. I understand tickets to Taylor Swift's concerts are really high, too. Uh, chick's making money. But I guess she's pretty generous with her money. She's been giving away a lot of stuff. Uh, one thing specific I know of, I read about that she there was a truck drivers hauling her stuff for her tour in California, and she gave them a big bonus, like over two hundred grand or something like that. That seems pretty generous. Most people that are rock stars and musicians would just you know do lines of coke in the back of the van and say fuck off. You know what I mean? and bang hookers and shit. That's okay, but this person who seems to be donating stuff, I just don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And I got no horse in the race, like I said. Maybe if you feel this way about Taylor Swift or anything else like that, maybe examine your anger level. Uh, like I said, there's other things to worry about in the world. And there's everything's not a goddamn conspiracy. I know people like to feed you that because it gets clicks and it gets interesting. It's not good to think that way. It's not. Sometimes things are just what they are. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't get it. But I don't get the world half the time anyway. Like, I don't get how uh, people still find Trump interesting after everything that's happened, everything he's done. I don't get it. I really don't get it. But I'm just a I'm just a dude, so whatever. Anyway, folks, I'm just a comic book making motherfucker. You know what I mean? Forty <laughs> six year old pencil slinging asshole. That's who I am. What do I know? The world's just an angry place, you know. Anyway, like I said, I'm getting ready to leave here. I need to be done. Because I'm ranting and talking nonsense and all that. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Coming up on the podcast, I've got a six-part thing about my history. I'll be putting those up randomly. Here we go. And uh, I go in-depth in all my history, all my uh, memories. Of starting out drawing comics and doing stuff and going to conventions and meeting people and fun stories about celebrities and other people I met and people that influenced me uh, how did I start drawing how did it all begin all that stuff it, and where did I come up with certain concepts and ideas how did an apocalypse come about how, what, what started Pleasant Life what, how did I write that uh, where did Star Slam come from I, why did I start doing Patreon and Kickstarters and stuff all that stuff is talked about in these episodes so I'll be posting them up pretty soon episode 1 will go up and I'm going to stretch them out a little bit 
so everybody can get a nice flavor and a taste. Each one of them is about an hour long, so you're going to get a lot of talking. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy it. And again, thanks a lot for listening to this. I love you all. Try to uh, calm down out there. You need to calm down. Do, 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 do. Whatever her song is, I don't know. You need to calm down. Just calm the fuck down. That's the name of this podcast today is Calm the Fuck Down. All right. Peace and love. Take care, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.